0: We now know that Governor Dewey will carry New York State by at least 50,000 votes and that he will be the next president of the United States. In 1948, the Chicago Daily Tribune famously printed the erroneous headline, Dewey Defeats Truman. All the polls, newspaper writers, and even Democrats had expected it to be the truth before the final vote was tallied. However, tucked away in a small red stable in Richmond, Virginia, a horse disagreed. I'm Mark Hartsman, and you're listening to Lady Wonder, the Nostradamus of Horses, on Weird Historian. With your host, Mark Hartsley. Known as Lady Wonder, the mayor's early prediction of Truman's victory was just one of many accurate prophecies made by this allegedly psychic animal. Her talents were put to use daily, from noon to three, for more than 30 years, answering questions from more than 150,000 people. Of history's many educated horses, Lady Wonder was valedictorian. Born on February 9, 1924, the black foal with white feet and three white stockings was the granddaughter of a thoroughbred racehorse. As a filly, Lady Wonder became the student of Mrs. Claudia Fonda, who recognized a special quality in her. Fonda, who worked at an iron foundry and once taught a Shetland pony some simple tricks, raised Lady on a bottle and devoted great energy in nurturing her intelligence. Separated from other horses, she only found company with Fonda in 26 blocks marked with letters of the alphabet. Within months, Lady could identify each letter with ease. As her training continued, it became quite evident that this was no ordinary horse Even children who played with Lady in the pasture noticed that she was different. They would hide a thimble from her, but she would always find it. After a year, she began running toward Fonda just before the trainer would shout, Yoo-hoo! Other commands seemed to be obeyed before they could be uttered. Had Lady developed a sixth sense? Lady had become such an attraction that the city council voted to label her an educated horse rather than a fortune teller, saving Fonda a $1,000 yearly fee and allowing business and tourism to continue. According to a journalist witnessing a session in the late 1920s, when Lady moved the blocks, she appeared to be going to sleep, with drooping eyelids, as if she was in a trance-like state. After a reading, she would become tense and nervous, more in line with her racehorse heritage. Whatever power Lady seemed to have, Fonda allowed her to exhibit it using the blocks to spell out answers. News of Lady's power spread, and by 1927, the mind-reading mare had gained fame throughout Richmond and around the country. During this particular performance, Lady presented simple tricks, such as arithmetic and spelling. Another visitor turned the hands of a clock to 610, put the face of the clock against Lady's body, and asked what time it read. 610, Lady responded. If there was a trick in the uncanny behavior of the animal, the mantle of Houdini had fallen on competent shoulders, the journalist wrote. Like a growing child, young lady outgrew the blocks. So Fonda had a special typewriter built, with snout-sized keys. At each press, a letter popped up facing the audience. Fonda would rearrange the letters before each reading, adding another layer of difficulty to her feats. Demonstrated by educated horses before her, But she proved more extraordinary by accomplishing feats beyond general knowledge. She read the date from a coin pulled from the pocket of a spectator, when only he saw the face. If trickery were involved, this would make it that much more extraordinary. It seems Lady's influence on politics extended far beyond predicting election outcomes, but then politicians weren't the only public servants heeding Lady's advice. In 1951, the police in Quincy, Massachusetts were without a clue in their search for a missing boy. Lady was consulted and suggested Pittsfield Field Water Wheel. This was interpreted as the Pitt Field Wild Water Quarry, where the boy's body was soon found. A similar instance occurred in Napierville, Illinois, when two missing boys were predicted by Lady to be found in a river near their home. Though the river had been previously searched, the bodies were eventually found there several months later. Lady appeared to have a strong rapport with her fellow four-legged creatures. Once she reportedly chose 28 out of 28 winning horses at Baltimore's Pimlico Racecourse, most famous for hosting the Preakness Stakes. Another story recounts her finding a lost dog, thought to be dead. Its owner, New York psychologist Thomas L. Garrett, had exposed many mind-reading and fortune-telling acts around the country during his career. Lady was an exception. When she told him his dog, Mickey, was alive in Florida, he discovered that the Long Island kennel that claimed the dog died had faked the hound's grave and sold him for a profit through its Florida branch. Garrett called Lady, quote, a genuine phenomenon. This genuine phenomenon attracted scientists and magicians seeking to learn just how genuine she was. Among them was Professor Joseph Banks Rhine of Duke University, a pioneer of parapsychology. His interest in the paranormal developed after hearing a lecture on spiritualism given by Sherlock Holmes creator, Arthur Conan Doyle. Quote, The mere possibility of communicating with the dead is the most exhilarating thought I had had in years, he later wrote. Rhine began his studies primarily using students as subjects. In 1952, the Los Angeles Times reported, Quote, As a prophet, this horse seems to be about as faithful a replica of Nostradamus as the 20th century has produced. Despite being impressed by Lady's ability, the journalist believed the law of averages explained the horse's successes better than, quote, supernatural hocus pocus. However, the journalist knew many preferred hocus pocus, and maybe a touch of abracadabra too. Her research revealed that Lady's notoriety had reached Capitol Hill, quote, At least one senator who has an active voice in the shaping of our international politics allegedly consults Lady Wonder instead of his constituency before making a move. Eventually, he would invent the term extrasensory perception and found Duke's parapsychology lab, the Journal of Parapsychology, and the Foundation for Research on the Nature of Man. In the winter of 1927, armed with a tent and an agenda to prove the existence of ESP, Ryan set up camp outside of Lady's stable and began a week-long study involving 500 tests. He began with simple tasks, asking, Can you spell boy? and What is the cube root of 27? All child's play, or filly's play, as it were. However, as the math became more difficult, Lady proved her fallibility by not knowing the cube root of 1728. In fairness, who does? Ryan increased the difficulty of his tests by blindfolding the horse, which quickly stripped away some of Lady's wonder, as she gave only four of eleven correct answers. When Fonda didn't know the answer, Lady was zero for five. What she knew, Lady could know. Despite the evidence Ryan collected, his published findings in the Journal of Abnormal and Social Psychology stated that Lady Wonder seemed responsive to telepathy and possessed a degree of psychic power. However, Ryan did conclude that she didn't possess independent thinking because she could only give a correct answer if someone else in the room knew the answer. Not one to believe in magic, Milburn Christopher, one of America's foremost illusionists at the time, also looked into Lady's psychic powers. During a visit in 1956, calling himself John Banks, he asked Lady his name, Not seeing through the deception, Lady typed out B-A-N-K-S. After failing that initial test, Christopher attempted another involving a pencil and a pad of paper to determine if Fonda would employ a trick called pencil reading, in which the magician follows the motion of the pencil to read what's been written. He made the motions of writing a nine, but actually only wrote a one. Once again, Lady failed by typing nine. Christopher believed that very subtle cues from the trainer were responsible for the phenomenon. While Christopher's conclusion seems the most rational, it doesn't explain the experience A.C. Griffith shares. I've read about past investigators, he says. They've simply missed the boat. Nor does it explain how Lady picked winning racehorses, predicted political victories, or found missing children. Lady was also said to be able to locate oil wells and forecast the stock market, could Fauna have guessed accurately on a consistent basis, besting the law of averages? Were broad guesses simply interpreted as spectators wished them to be? Or were the reported predictions mere exaggerations? The unknown has allowed Lady Wonder to live up to her name, in one sense or the other. The mind-reading mayor once predicted her own death at age 30. She was close, passing on March 19, 1957, at the age of 33. Lady Wonder is buried at a Richmond pet cemetery, nestled away in a residential area with 2,000 other animals. Mrs. Fonda went into seclusion following her prized horse's death. Her house and lady's stable have since been destroyed to build an interstate. Perhaps Fonda had been forewarned of the construction, making her disappearance a necessity. <laughs> The artwork for this podcast features a strange, screaming head of a hen, which dates back to the early 19th century. This next story will introduce you to that extraordinary creature. It's no surprise that curious animals attract a lot of attention, from two-headed calves and snakes, to educated horses like Lady Wonder and learned pigs. But in 1816, a Professor Fisher fawned over a hen with a human face, with perhaps greater detail and enthusiasm than any other animal oddity, has received. The professor, who kept the hen in his chambers, claimed everyone else was equally enthralled with the strange creature. Quote, Never was there a hen attracted so much attention. Never has any animal, even the most rare, so greatly excited the curiosity of the public, as the hen with the human profile, which was found in the district of Belef in the government of Tula, And sent to the Imperial University of Moscow by His Excellency the Civil Governor, Mr. Bogdanov, Fisher claimed in the Annals of Philosophy. The hen was average in size and wore average gray and brown feathers. As Professor Fisher described, Her head presents an extraordinary phenomenon. For, at the place where the beak ought to be, she exhibits a human profile, resembling an old woman. The beak is entirely wanting, and the jaw bones are shortened in such a manner that they terminate where, in other hens, the nostrils are found. They are covered with flesh and resemble lips. The comb in a front view in this hen forms a kind of nose, which appears the more astonishing as the nostrils are found between the termination of the nose and the jaw. But we are most liable to be deceived, When we see, as sometimes happens, some drops of liquid in them, or when the dust is accumulated in there. To the inferior jaw is attached a fleshy excrescence, not to be found in other hens, and which forms a kind of chin. Fisher's thorough description continues, even including the hen's favorite foods, white bread with cream, hemp seeds, hashed meat, corn and cheese. He notes that the hen appears to prefer the company of humans over other fowls, perhaps because it, too, appreciated its human-like features. A similarity the professor expressed once more. These peculiarities of the head, united, present a great resemblance between the profile of this hen and that of an old woman, particularly if one does not pretend to the tuft of feathers on the head of this animal. And the longer and more attentively we look at this profile, especially when the hen feeds, the more striking does the resemblance become. Fisher had the courtesy to answer questions he imagined the reader may have, ensuring all curiosities were satisfied. For example, if you were wondering whether or not the hen was born looking like an old woman, Fisher would say he believed it was. Nature has constructed her beak, although simple, yet with much art, he wrote. Okay, but if it was born that way, how did it break out of its shell? The professor was prepared for this question as well. Although it be true that the chick... Often opens with its beak the prison in which it is enclosed during its development. Nevertheless, it often happens that the shell is burst or split in all its length by the growth and nourishment of the chick, he said. And, since several people had asked him, Fisher assured his readers that the human faced hen did not indicate anything supernatural. Thanks for listening. Weird Historian is brought to you by me, Mark Hartzman. The theme song was created by Steffi Copeland. This episode was edited and mixed by Igniter Media. For photos related to this episode's stories and other strange tales, check out my site, weirdhistorian.com, and follow at Weird Historian on Instagram. And if you like this podcast, tell your friends, or people you want to be your friends. Until next time, have a weird day.